Thanks for listening to this Ave Maria radio podcast. Be sure to share it with your friends and family and across social media. Building the church so we can bless the nations. This is Ave Maria radio. Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. Many people have commented over the centuries that Christianity has had a revolutionary impact upon the history of culture, the history of the human race. It's true, but it was not urged as a revolutionary movement. Uh, Quite the contrary. St. Paul made it clear that uh, though we had a king not of this world who was not the emperor, we served a different lord. And though uh, the kingdom to come was not the Roman Empire, he also made it clear that uh, the growing church was not a a destabilizing, revolutionary, uh, a directly destabilizing, revolutionary party within the empire. In fact, he wrote, as far as is possible, I urge you to live at peace with all men. And I think that's important for us to keep in mind, especially in a time in American history where people are being urged to uh, ratchet up uh, the decibel level on their political talk and to sometimes move towards very radical uh, destabilizing actions. I'll tell you why I'm talking about this. It's because the House Select Committee investigating the riot at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th held its first hearing uh, right at the close of July. And you probably saw the news clips of police officers from the U.S. Capitol Police and Washington, D.C.'s Metropolitan Police Department testifying before a panel of nine lawmakers, seven Democrats, and two Republicans, all appointed by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. More on this a bit later, because it seems to me that such an unbalanced committee is is a bit of self-sabotage, and she's not going to get out of this committee what she wanted. But more on that a little bit later. David Hartsanyi wrote a piece that showed up in the online magazine The Stream that uh, I largely agree with. uh, His attitude is that January 6th was deplorable, but it was not a coup d'etat. You know, if you think uh, we are far from January 6th, though, uh, think again. Uh, We had the House Select Committee opening up on this. And in fact, sad to say, uh, I've noticed recently— some Christians uh, and some Catholics, in fact, who are using the language of secession, uh, Virginia, Texas, Idaho. It, it, it's ludicrous. In my mind, it's ludicrous. But there's an earnestness about some of these uh, blog posts that are worth keeping in mind. We are not. We are not on the brink of an imminent political apocalypse. We are not on the brink of a real civil war of red state versus blue state, slave state versus free state, if for no other reason than that we are not regionally divided as we once were. You can't have red states versus blue states in any meaningful sense of real revolution or civil war. And so much of this talk of secession is silly. Uh, it's lather. Uh, it, it's, it's spoken by people who have nothing better to do with their lives than to speculate about playing some heroic role in some future great republic, uh, which they think maybe they can birth from the present U.S. 
January 6th, let's, let's go over something here. January 6th was not a noble populist effort to restore the American Republic any more than it was a right-wing fascist revolutionary coup d'etat. It was nothing more than a political protest that got out of control. It was not a serious threat to democracy. It was a riot uh, with angry people, many of whom had no idea what to do once they got into the Capitol. Uh, There were some who did seem to have a clear idea how to get to the chambers. Uh, They wanted Congress to not validate the election. It was not the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War, as some have said. It was not an insurrection like the storming of the Bastille. It wasn't even the Boston Tea Party. It was a political protest that got out of control. Now, why is this getting so much attention? America's used to political protests getting out of control, aren't they? I mean, we witnessed after the George Floyd death, we saw all kinds of political protests that got out of control. What made January 6th so noticeable is that it took place at the Capitol, but it was enacted by protesters who claimed to be responding to the encouragement of President Trump, who, in fact, was regarded as a law and order president. Nixon, of course, made law and order a central appeal of his campaigns in 68 and 72. But nobody would have imagined Nixon's supporters rioting like that. The closest you get are the hard hat protesters in New York lashing out at the anti-war protesters there. In fact, only two sets of people gain anything from pretending that these rioters had anything approaching the wherewithal to overthrow the U.S. government. Democrats and fanciful extremists. And I'm trying to make sure that at least my voice is heard on this, because I don't want any listeners to this program getting seduced by these silly attempts to rewrite recent history from the left and the right. One way of getting an idea of where someone is coming from on this point politically is to ask what they thought of January 6th. What do they thought happened there? The Democrats are claiming that the attack on the Capitol was a coup d'etat, an attempt on the part of former President Trump to overturn the election by force. Well, there's one way of determining how serious an attempt to take over the government by force is. What happened when a Capitol police officer tragically shot and killed Ashley Babbitt, the 35-year-old Air Force veteran? You can find the video easily online. You can see the shooting from a variety of angles. Babbitt was flanked by rioters on a stairway landing. They were using a a pole and helmet to try to force their way past a barricaded door into the speaker's lobby. And when Babbitt attempted to climb through a smashed window, a Capitol Police officer fired a single shot, killing her. should mention, too, that Babbitt, it was later determined, was unarmed. Tragic. How do I know, though, that this was not a serious attempt to overthrow the U.S. government? Because when Ms. Babbitt was shot and hit the floor, nobody else tried to get through that window. Death was not the price they were willing to pay. In other words, it wasn't give me liberty or give me death. It was more like give me my fantasy of being a glorious patriot, making America great again, and appearing to threaten the Congress. But don't take me too seriously. This is not a hill I'm willing to die on. 
Could you imagine those storming the Bastille to all of a sudden turn around and stop because one of their number was shot and fell dead? Now, nobody can watch the shooting of Ms. Babbitt without grieving a bit um, because she died for nothing but a careless, irresponsible, lame-brained bit of political theater. Now, I'm sure she imagined she was one of the good guys. But if someone wants to see Ms. Babbitt as their martyr, stay away. The January 6th riot was not an act of patriotism. It was not a coup d'etat. And the Democrats are exploiting the riot to make the Republican Party a political leper. That is what's going on. And it's, it's an amazing act of self-sabotage, too. I don't know what uh, Speaker of the House Pelosi thinks she's going to gain in this. Uh, it's clear she wants to milk the January 6th event for all the poison she can drain from it and then use it to further discredit and poison the Republican Party, especially for the midterms. I mean, she claims that she's uh, a Catholic, uh, but it's, I think it's important to note that she seems to have been blinded by her hatred of her political enemies. No matter what this committee concludes, it's going to be discredited because it's obviously an unbalanced committee. Seven Democrats, two Republicans, all Pelosi appointees. She's not going to get out of this what she wants because I think most Americans will know better than to, you know, uh, run with a committee that has such an unbalanced approach to the topic. Um, I do think that Catholics in particular, and really all Christians, are supposed to function as the conscience of the nation uh, in times of, of uh, great confusion. And I know that we're, many of us are being pulled to and fro by forces from both the right and the left. And it's important for us to just go back and immerse ourselves in especially the letters of St. Paul who's writing to a church, living during a time when there's a, a, a Pax uh, Romana, right? I mean, it was a time when the empire uh, seemed to have a, uh, a, rem- a stabilizing effect over all the world. Uh, and yet, Christians were finding themselves being persecuted. They found themselves not finding a home within Judaism. They were not finding a home within the Roman Empire. And yet St. Paul would write that they had an obligation to always be faithful to Christ, but also to live at peace, as far as is possible, he said, with all men. I'm suspicious of people who choose their own crosses and uh, run forward saying, I have this burden to fill in the blank, when in fact it looks more like the person has a burden to glorify themselves or their own sense of self-righteousness. You know, Thomas More did everything he could to avoid speaking ill of Henry's illicit marriage. You know, a disciplinary matter he wasn't really interested in dying for. He'd avoid commenting on it as much as is possible. But when Henry established himself as the supreme head of the church, there was no way forward any longer. There was no way of accepting the status quo, and St. Thomas More was forced to pick up his own cross. I do think it's important for us to remember that one, something, a cross, is something that we are forced to pick up. 
It's something which is imposed upon us. It's nothing that we envision as a way to uh, elevate uh, ourselves or our power uh, in political life or even in ecclesial life. And I do think that at this time, when there's extraordinary confusion out there, that it's up to us as Christians and Catholics in particular to uh, try to reintroduce some sanity into the present political debate. Uh, it's, it's absolutely clear that uh, the protesters had no plan to overtake the government. But it's very clear that this event is being used by the Democrats to, again, create the impression that Republicans are in the midst of attempting to overturn democracy. They want to use January 6th to push their unconstitutional efforts to nationalize elections, and they definitely want to use it to make the excesses of President Trump the central topic of the 2022 elections.